1 Corinthians 14, 2. If you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will not be talking. You will be talking only to God since people won't be able to understand you. You will be speaking by the power of the spirit, but will all be mysterious. First Corinthians 14, two. And as I go through this, I only have three or four scriptures. If you have a question, everybody say question. question. Not a comment, not a sermon, not a revelation. Question. If I op- <laughs> Thank you, Leron. I got one. I'm not trying to be rude or anything. It's just that if I, if I open up for questions and people start making comments, it takes away. And sometimes I forget to look at my phone. So a question, air related to tongues, not about our vacation. <laughs> Maybe. For one who speaks is the amplified version of the same scripture. For one who speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not unto men, but to God. No one understands or, understands or catches his meaning because in the Holy Spirit, he utters secret truths and hidden things that are not obvious to the understanding. The testimonies concerning what I have preached about praying in other tongues are nothing short of insane. Um, people who are, the Lord has given me dreams about people that I probably won't meet that are praying in tongues right now because of the message. We've had people, I had a lady that reached out to us. She had never prayed. I told you about the lady that she received the gift sitting on the toilet. And, you know, she prayed like in tongues for three hours straight, you know. And so, so, you know, it's a very mysterious thing. You know, I have a couple of books. If you don't know about these books, you should definitely read them. Why Tongues by Kenneth Hagin. I'm doing this more for people that are listening and watching online. Why Tongues by Kenneth Hagin and The Walk of the Spirit, The Walk of Power by Dave Roberson. Why Tongues gives you the mechanics of praying in tongues. The Walk of the Spirit gives you the mechanics of what happens when you do it for a long time. Uh, the Walk of the Spirit, Walk of Power by Dave Robertson. That book is free of charge on the Internet. Google it. It'll pop right up. You know, I have noticed over a period of time, I'm not saying that everything, thing, every single thing that's free is good, and I'm not saying that everybody that charges is weak. But what I have found is that the highest level books in the planet are always free. Always. Okay. So just a couple of stories for you that I always like to share about praying in tongues because the, the subject is too vast to go into. I gave some basics. You'll learn more as you do it. Some of you have heard the story before about the man who went to Africa. Long story short, he had to travel by bicycle for the entire day to go get supplies. He always carried cash. He gets there, spends the night there so that he can be there when the place opens up, and then he gets all of his supplies, goes back the entire day back to the village. Okay, drove there, rode his bicycle. There was a gentleman there that he got to talking to, running his mouth too much. So um, he said that uh, uh, he was telling an individual, what happens, this is what I do. So the next time he came on the trip, he noticed when he pulled up, it's the evening time, pulled up in front of the house uh, or the building where you get the supplies, and the general was out there with a group of guys, and he said they started walking toward him, and then they all froze and just stopped. And, and they just stared, and they just stared. Um, he just thought nothing of it. He thought it was really, really weird. Go, parked his bicycle, boom, went on the sleep on the steps, woke up the next morning, and the man was standing over him, him saying, number one, I apologize for what I was getting ready to do. And, um, <laughs> and he, the, the, the missionary said, uh, no apology, what were you getting ready to, what were you getting ready to do? Uh, he said, I was getting ready to rob you yesterday. He said, but when those other um, 16 men showed up with you um, out of thin air, you know, uh, we realized that that was a bad idea. And so um, 
So then the man engaged him in the conversation and wanted to know who the 16 guys were. Well, the missionary said, I was by myself. I didn't come with 16 guys. He said, yes, you did. There were 16 guys standing next to you. He said, no, there weren't. He said, yes, there were. He said, we were getting ready to rob you. That's the reason why we didn't, because the 16 guys all appeared right next to you. We just didn't see them. They just like they appeared out of thin air. So they're arguing about whether or not it was 16 guys or not. Okay. So conversation ends. Long story short, he comes back to America. He's in the church service, and they were given a testimony. And he told him about this experience and about how apparently God did something to protect him. And so there was a deacon there that, that interrupted the service. Stop. He said, what date was that on? So he gave him the date. And so the deacon said, give me the microphone. And he said that uh, on that particular date, always allow yourself to be interrupted. The same way that I could have taken the attitude, this is my vacation money. And I I heard clearly the Lord say, take this amount and put it in that bucket so that they can go on that missionary trip. Heard that clearly. And it's the, well, let me tell you something. It is the very thing you don't want to do, and that is the very thing God is setting you up because of the level of sacrifice it takes for you to do it is what brings the highest level of blessing. Amen. You got to remember that. Amen. So this gentleman was on his way to golf. If, 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 many and I know men that love to play golf, you can't interrupt him on that day. He was on his way to play golf, and he said, I was on my way to the golf course, and the Holy Ghost said that you were in trouble and to call some other men and meet me at the church for us to pray for you. And he said it was 15 other men, 16 including myself. So that is the mysterious side of praying in other tongues, is that 16 men show up to pray this man out of a situation, and God made all, he transported all 16 men. Now, they didn't know there. They didn't know that. In the spirit, you can be in multiple places at the same time while you're here. Okay. Okay. And so while they were praying, the Lord also transported them there, let, let, let them materialize there without them knowing it. But the men knew it and they knew to left, leave him alone. That's the power of praying all the time. OK, second story is, is that sometimes when you are praying, sometimes when you are not praying, you'll see like a any of you this happened, a face flashes up before you on the inside. Just flashes up and you, well, sometimes it's the Lord telling you, you need to pray for this person right now. Drop what you're doing. So there's one particular lady. um, uh, This thing happened. She began to pray for this person. And she said as she was praying on the inside, as she's praying, she kept seeing the person's face flash up. A billboard kept flashing up. And she said she kept seeing dirt being thrown up in the air. Okay. Well, long story short, uh, that when she was praying for that person, that person apparently had the car had run off the road, ran into a ditch, ran up in the air <laughs> in front of a billboard, and it caused all of this dirt to be kicked up in the air, et cetera, et cetera. But the lady's life was completely spared 100%. See? So, so it's interesting that that's why the Bible calls praying in tongues mysterious because God gives you clues. He gives you hints. He gives you impressions. But you got to obey that and then we just begin to pray. That's the power of that. That's just one of the things that it produces. Okay? So be sensitive to that. It'll usually come when you're doing something that you want to do. Oh, be ready for your favorite program. Talking to your girlfriend, you know, y'all talking about sports. It'll come at the most inopportune time. 
It'll be when you are doing your favorite thing. And what is, it's not the Lord trying to penalize you. It's that I got a job for you to do, but you'll get a greater reward if you do it when you don't want to do it. Amen. The kingdom of God works that way. When you do it from the right heart, but you didn't really want to do it, but you did it because of me, then you get the greatest reward. That's one of the keys to getting out of debt the quickest. I learned that from Creflo Dollar. Okay? He had a finance convention years ago, and I will never forget that. He said, start with taking all of your money before God and say, you can get me out yesterday. What do I do with this? And just keep seeking the Lord and just follow whatever instruction that he gives you. Okay? With that first instruction, do that. The Lord can get you out of anything overnight. And see, let me tell you something. Let me tell you where this church is going. I don't care about all the church. Let me tell you where this church is going. I don't care now. I don't care about any previous teachings. I really don't care about any previous books. And books are good. Don't get me wrong. But but one of the things that I'm finding then is is that you get this one person who don't know what they're doing, and they get together with another person that don't know what they're doing, and then they have a conference with a bunch of people that don't know what they're doing. And then you end up, let me say something. Most of what you hear taught in the body of Christ right now is being taught as though it is the standard of the kingdom. When actually it is the standard of men that are stuck on level one. And God does not reject you if you stay on level one. If everybody is on level one, the grace of God and the manifestation and everything will begin to flow on level one. So as a result of most guys being on level one, they then teach in their classrooms, their Bible schools, and their services, revelation that comes from being on level one. And so God is trying to bring you up to level 10, and you can't go there unless you reject what they taught you at level one. Because most of what they teach on level one is nowhere in the Bible. It's called experience. And experience is the mother of all failures in the kingdom. David won a war. He won it by following the instructions of the Lord. It says the enemy regrouped and David made a wise, he did a, a very wise thing. He said, Lord, should we go and fight against them the same way we did last time? Lord said, nope, go around this particular way and destroy them. In the kingdom, your experience is what will mess you up. Because you know how it works. Because you base it on how it worked last time. But the enemy is very smart. If he runs up against you the first time, he doesn't run up against you the same way the second time. They go a different way. Read Luke chapter 4. Okay? When he tried to hit Jesus with turning the stone into bread, he didn't keep hitting them with that. Once Jesus gave the word, he came another way. That's for somebody. Quit going by your experience. Go by the Holy Ghost. And if you go by the Holy Ghost, you'll be the most experienced man in the world. <clears throat> Romans 8, 28. How many have heard the scripture? And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. How many of you love that scripture? Oh, we quote that scripture, et cetera, et cetera. And it's always quoted out of context because it is connected to the two scriptures above that that are connected to the whole chapter. So let's read the whole thing in context. Romans 8, 26 through 28. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for. But the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. On Greek it says in words in articulate speech. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. 
for the spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. Then in verse 28, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Why does he do that in verse 28? Because in verse 27 and verse 26, it says you are not praying. The Holy Ghost is praying. So because the Holy Ghost is praying through you, that unlimited, perfect language, of course, everything will work together for good because he's praying perfectly. Y'all got that. You can't take a scripture out of context, live in sin where all things work together for good. Can't do that. Everything in the Bible is a formula. This plus this will equal this. And if you do this, this is what will happen. I can tell when I, I can always tell when it's ordained for me to preach on something in a week or two because it keeps coming in now. So praying in tongues, I should I shouldn't say more than anything. But one of the biggest things praying in tongues is, is praying forth the perfect will of God. There's a perfect plan for your day, perfect plan for your week, perfect plan for your month, your year and a perfect plan for your lifetime to the degree that you pray will be the degree that the perfect will of God will begin to manifest in your life. It'll begin to manifest. Without praying in other tongues, you will do the best that you can. And this is, you know what's dangerous about God? What's dangerous about, what's dangerous about not operating in God's best is God is so good that when he rescues you from your foolishness, you think that's his best. I mean, it's, it's, it's very difficult to understand. That's why the Bible says you have to study to show yourself approved. <laughs> you you, you got to stay in the book to understand what the level is, because if you stay on level one, God will do so many miracles for you on level one. You actually think it's level 10. Because he came through for the cable bill and the light bill and you didn't have any groceries and 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 and, and they caught you smoking weed. You know, with a pound of cocaine in the back trunk, when they looked in the trunk, it was also mysteriously gone, that type of stuff. And, you know, some of y'all, most of us have been there. We prayed that one prayer, Lord, if you get me out of this one, I will be your international evangelist to Tibet and Dubai, the remotest part of Africa. I'll go minister to the Aborigines in Australia, all of that. And he got you out. Guess what you did? Went right back to the same foods before. This would also gives people the impression that God is okay with that. Because the Bible says that God's, God is slow to wrath. He is slow to vengeance. He is slow to these things, you know. And you know what? One of the things that um, I just, the Lord just brought this to my attention. Um, this vacation that we went on, I told you that when I get on a plane, I'm not saying you're wrong if you do that. It's just levels to stuff, okay? And, and, and the, lo- the higher level you go up, the more skillful you become. Bible talks about an axe. You know, if the axe is sharp, you just got to hit it a few times to bring the tree down. If the axe is dull, you're out there two days later. Man, this is a big old tree. No, no, it's not a big tree. Okay, your axe is dull. In the kingdom, nothing is big. When it comes to the enemy, everything is small. It's only how sharp you can bring it down. What was I about to say? Oh, there it is. So, so when I get ready to get on the plane, my wife and I don't hold hands, Father, in the name of Jesus, I plead the blood of Jesus over the plane, boom, 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 boom. Sometimes I don't pray. I just go by peace. Okay? Y'all know what I'm saying. You don't, you don't have, I'm, not saying you're, I'm not saying you're wrong if you do. I'm just saying, ultimately, Turnbull the third. I don't pray about everything. 
because when you pray all the time, you don't have to pray about everything. I'm living at this level. So me living at this level allows me to see what I should do. Hey. So I said, I'm going to just pray some pray. So I prayed. I don't know. I prayed for about probably an hour. And, and the things that just happened, just so smooth, just it was obvious that these things that happened were ordained because of the time praying in other tongues. But the Holy Spirit and, and, and then there was a, there was one time. Now, y'all, not, as they say, don't judge me. OK, I don't know what happened. I can't explain it all. I really did have plans on this trip, y'all. I was like, seven days of sitting by the beach, I'm going to build myself up in the spirit. I'm going to come back like Goliath and King Kong. I'm going to do all that. <laughs> for the entire seven days, this may sound strange to you, for the entire seven days, I spent about an hour and a half praying for the entire seven days. And when I did pray, it's because I felt like I was supposed to. I mean, I felt like there was something going on that I needed to. So after I prayed about an hour and a half. And so the way that that trip operated, there were things that happened that there is no doubt in your mind that it happened because of that. But the Lord made sure that was pretty much the only thing he brought to my attention is he said, and this is exactly what he said, go back and tell your people. You know, God talks like that. Go back and tell your people is that if you are on the wrong road, your praying in tongues will not work much. The most it might only do is protect you from your own sin. Okay. So you can't be sleeping with people that you're not married to. You can't be living with people that you're not married to. You can't be stealing stuff. You can't, these are all wrong roles. You can't be lying. You can't be cheating. You can't be doing all of these things, just blatantly disobeying the scripture. There are people that have told me to my face. I'm just using this as an example to protect certain people. Well, we in New York. Why? Well, you told me that you and your wife said the Holy Ghost told y'all you're supposed to be Atlanta. Yeah, but oh, there you go with your butt again. Everybody always got their butts in the way. Everybody got a butt with God. And here's the problem. When you tell God, I know what the word says, but then he, he does is he lets your butt lead you. And your butt is supposed to be behind you. You can do it your way or you can do it God's way. And the sad part is when you do it your way, he will let you do it your way. So you will crash and burn, waste another 5, 10, 15, 20 years crashing, doing it your way. Everybody thinks they can get around doing it God's way. I don't get it. I just don't get it. You can't even do this in the American system where things are. You can try this foolishness in Mexico if you want to. See, let me tell you something. See, no, see, I'd never been to Mexico before. So going through the airport on the way there, sir, take your shoes off, take your socks off, take your belt off, take your watch off, take everything off. You know, put, take your stuff out your bag, put your wallet in there. You got anything else? Put your chapstick in there. Put your, put your, uh, the, uh, you know, I had more electronics than Best Buy. Put your iPads in there. Put your cell phones in there. Put your laptop in there. Put all that stuff. Put your two earphones in there. I had two sets of, I had everything. On the way back, guess what they said? Come on through. No taking off the shoes. <laughs> no put the iPad in the thing. I'm in the line getting ready to take my shoes off. See, I'm, I'm very observant. I'm looking at nobody else is taking their shoes off. And nobody else is taking their belt off. And nobody else. So I said, well, psh, I'm not doing it either. Then I could be dead wrong, right? 
And, and the guy saw me. He not even, he's not even looking. He's talking to his person. They ain't talking to Mexico. He did a boogie. And they talk about something, all that type of stuff. Boom, boom, yes, senor. All that. And I, and I looked at him. I said, come on through. I was just like, this is crazy. The point that I was making is, is that you can't be on. You can't do something outside of the will of God and then expect it to work. And, and, and the most frustrating thing as a pastor is me listening to people say, I know what God's word said, but. And the last five individuals, and it had to do with relationships, the last five individuals, we told them not to do such and such. Do it the right way. Well, I'll be okay. All five individuals ended up in trouble. Then they want counseling, and they want this, and, and they want that, and, 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 you know, and see, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you what I'm going to be at in two weeks. I told my wife, I used to think, what time is it? 8.05. I used to think, before this, I started studying all this thing last week, I used to think that in order for me to get my reward between me and Jesus, that the church had to be like a gazillionaire status. Y'all know what I'm saying? Once I realized that I can get the church to gazillionaire status and lose my entire reward, I was upset. When I realized that my personal reward is based on what I personally do. Every single day, like you got to personally do. When I realized like that, I was like, oh, okay, cool then. I'm going to do my best to pray and preach the word and evangelize the whole planet. But if the church doesn't grow one inch, I can still get my full reward. So based on that, I'm going to start telling people the full on Y'all know what I mean by full on I've been trying to protect the people, not wanting them, because there, t- there are people, this already happened, there are people, you tell them the truth. Stop sinning, they get offended. Right. And this is what they tell me. That's the reason why I don't go to church in the first place. Your problem, not mine, dog. Because my stuff is working. Yours ain't. So if you got a problem with bailing on scripture, go to one of these other raggedy churches that embrace sin. This ain't the one. Now, if you want somebody that's going to coddle your foolishness, go down the street. You can pick. They're, they're, they're welcome to coddle you because they're fiending for members and especially money in the first place. I'm fiending for neither one. Both of mine are plenty. So I'm going to tell you the truth. Amen. And when I tell you the truth, the Lord is going to bless me because I told you the truth. But if I lie to you, then he drives me up. <laughs> Not playing. I'm not playing. People want all of this God power and all of this prosperity. He want to get me out of debt and all that type of stuff. He can't because you won't act right. Because if he gets you out of debt while you're acting right, guess what? You'll never stop acting a fool. Unfortunately, I really hate to say this. Unfortunately, what I teach and start teaching in a couple of weeks, it will also work to a certain degree, a high degree for the people that's acting a fool. Because faith respects no one except for the person using it. Strange statement. Faith doesn't even respect God. It only respects the person using it. That woman walked up behind Jesus without his permission and said, this is where her faith was at. The moment I touch his clothes, I will be completely healed. Jesus didn't even know that the woman was behind them. It happened and the power manifested without Jesus' help. He had to turn around and say, who did that? Who did that? 
He didn't even know. Then the crazy one is that one in Matthew 15. That has always been the most baffling. That showed me the true power of faith. That woman had a demon-possessed daughter. And Jesus, she said, Lord, I need you to heal my daughter. It says he didn't even answer the first time. That's rude. I don't care if you are called to the Jews. That's unnecessary. Okay? Second time, he said, nope. He said, I'm uh, sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. She came back a third time. This is Jesus telling her no. Okay? She came back a third time. And then he said, call her a dog. It's not right to take, take, take that which is holy. Give it to the dogs. See, oh, that's unnecessary, man. <laughs> See, Jesus went right to the edge with some stuff. I know that may seem strange to y'all, but the Jesus on television is not the Jesus of the Bible. The Jesus on the Bible was cutthroat. This dude made one statement, and it said a large number of the disciples no longer walked with him over one statement. Then it said he turned to the other 12 and said, y'all leaving too? One time the disciples said, hey, man, you offended them. He said, I got something for you, too. And he blasted their minds. I mean, he didn't care. You know why he said, my meat is to do the will of the one who sent me. See, that's the revelation I got now. So if all y'all leave, I'm good. Paul said, I prayed in tongues so much, I got to the end of my road early. Now I'm trying to figure out if I should stay or leave. But he said, when I got to the end, no man was with me except for this one guy. Numbers are not a sign that you made it to the end of your road. Sometimes your lack of numbers are a sign that you made it to the end of your road. Because most people ain't prepared to go to the end of the road because of what it takes to go through the wilderness to get to the end. All right. That didn't hurt, by the way. I know you're like, I know you're hurting. I know you're hurting. I know you're hurting. No, it didn't. So I'm just saying, y'all, does God love you? Absolutely. But he loves you enough to have somebody offend you by telling you the truth. Because all you see is your temporary satisfaction for the moment. He sees you crying and depressed and trying to commit suicide in five years. And the worst thing ever for a son and a daughter is to not know the character of their heavenly father. He is good. Anything he tells you to let go of, it's because of good. Anything he tells you to sacrifice, it's only because of good. But you just see what you think you're losing out on. You upset because you got to give your vacation money. But he's trying to get you some greater good, not the little thing you lose. And you never lose obeying God. Every instruction in the Bible is nothing but an instruction for profit. When they tell you don't sin, it's because of profit. When they tell you to give, it's because of profit. When they tell you to sacrifice, it's because of profit. When they tell you forgive the person that did you wrong, it's for the purpose of profit. The whole Bible is nothing but a bank of words that produce profit. Let me tell y'all something. See, I went through Matthew. That's all I got through. I told you, I remember I said I was going to read the entire, what time is it, 811? I said I was going to read the entire Bible through again, starting with Matthew, and, and pull out everything that had to do with rewards. This is not an exaggeration. Eighty percent of what Jesus said in Matthew is based on rewards. I don't mean, you know, you can have to use your Holy Ghost revelation meter. Oh, that was deep and symbolic. No, I mean the word rewards is rewards is attached to 80, 85 percent of what he said in Matthew alone. When I got through Luke. 
it was the same amount, but it was, repeat, it was repeating itself, then more. I said, okay, I'll get to Luke and John. <laughs> that was funny, wasn't it? I'll get to Luke and John later. Let me switch over here to Romans. Got over the first chapter of Romans, didn't get through five verses, and there was a scripture right there that was talking about rewards. So this may, I know this is going to seem very, very strange, but again, because I, I begin to feel crazy, the Lord really had to do a number on me because I was just like, Lord, I can't sit up there and say that almost the entire body of Christ is taught wrong. His reply was, that's what Jesus did. And Paul did the same thing. And, and, but he had to bring to my life, what did I say about the end? I said, few there would be that would find that road. I said about the end, there would be a famine for the gospel. So how is it that I said there's a famine for the gospel, but you think that everybody is preaching the truth? And you see this repeated through scripture. Okay. So Matthew eleven twenty nine through 30. It's my last one. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. When you are carnal, you will always see doing it God's way as heavy. And you will always see it as hard. And as a result of how you see things, you will actually embrace the hard road as easy. Because at that moment, it's easy for you to do it. Okay? It's easy to see it, y'all. I'll give you a natural carnal example. Okay. We found this out, you know, when my, when my uh, dad passed years ago. He had left us a little piece of money, so we took the kids on a cruise. Still remember, I got to remember why I'm sharing this now before I even get into the example. Oh, I still remember my wife and I. We were like, look, for seven days, we are going to be surrounded by some of the highest level healthy food in the world. For seven days, we are going to work out. For seven days, we're going to eat lettuce and, and, and bunny rabbit food. And, and for seven days, we will be surrounded by fruit and apples and, 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 and <laughs> yeah, I can't even remember because we didn't do it. Pineapple and, and all of that. Cantaloupe, grapes. <laughs> didn't we? we? We had a plan, y'all. We had a master plan that lasted Two minutes when we stepped on the boat. Remember? As soon as we saw that buffet, it was too late. I still remember because I had like a hamburger, pizza, tacos, and chicken fingers. Yeah, that was just at that was just that first day during lunch. I mean, it's, how many you know? It's just some stuff you're not ready for. And it's just not. You're just not ready for. You know. And so uh, it's just some stuff you're not ready for. Why I say that? It's real easy to do it wrong. It's real easy to do it wrong. It's real hard at first to do it right. And the reason why it's easy to do it wrong is because there's no reward for doing it wrong. The reason why it's hard to do it right is because there is a reward that is given for those who will go the hard right to do it right. 
And then there's another scripture, which is my favorite. The Lord had to remind me you entered into that. There's a scripture. Labor to enter into rest. How many of y'all read that scripture before? How do you work to enter into rest? Say it another way. Labor to enter the dimension and the realm by which you no longer have to work hard. Labor to enter into rest. You got to work to get to a particular level where you don't have to work no more. That's spiritual realm stuff. That's true in the natural. You got to work hard to build a business. And then that thing will start running on its own. But that's the kingdom of God principle. You got to work hard in the beginning. And that's what the Lord is asking me to take the entire world now, which is uh, a dimension in the kingdom of God by which you, there are dimensions to it. Right now, the body of Christ is stuck on, the, still in the lowest dimension. You know, we stuck on just affirmations, you know, all of those. I don't even know what to call those spiritual sayings, you know, won't he do it? And, you know, I got a testimony because I found $5 in the parking lot at the gas station. And then the whole church, oh, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. You know, and stuck on still doing crazy stuff. I saw a little video on Facebook the other day. Um, uh, and let me say, in some, in some ways, this is funny. We do little fun things with the kids. But they had, this, they had this little girl. This girl had to be all of four or five. And all these church people were standing around her. And she was doing, the, you know, the, the black Holy Ghost dance. Dun, 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 dun. And the girl was just doing the leg. She wasn't even, and she was just doing it. She was just doing it, doing it, doing it, doing it. And then, you know, the end. She was just doing it, she was doing it. And then the girl just fell out. And see, this, this is what I mean by the, the foolishness that's in the body of Christ right now. The kingdom of God, and I'm going to show you another video. Let me tell you something. Now, this other video was a group of African children in a classroom who were praying. I've never seen adults pray this hard. I, 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 this, you could tell this wouldn't pretend. This was in a classroom at a school in Africa where they start the day in intercession. These are six, seven-year-old kids in full intercession mode, weeping, calling out to God. I can't do the American thing no more, y'all. I just can't do it. It ain't the American thing. It's just that, it's that low-level, carnal, you know, where, where you come to church, and when you leave, you judge the praise team on whether or not it was good or not. You, you can time what time the anointing came on was was, was Mozart and the team on it today, or were they not on it today? And, and, and you know, the sermon it was pretty good. You know, the flow was a little off today. That was never the intent of a church. That's a show. The intent, it didn't matter what interrupted the service. It didn't matter what. It wasn't supposed to be a thing where we're all trying to sit around to determine how to make the church service flow perfectly. It was supposed to be a thing when you came together and you learn, you practice, you minister to one another, and you don't care what time it started or what time it ended. And that's what it is. So, you know, I will uh, always welcome anybody here. You want to know something, Lord? I shared with my wife. Something the Lord revealed to me. He said, you know, this is me, Mr. Embrace Everybody all the time. You know. What I found is I'm nicer than God. That seems strange, doesn't it? Y'all are like, well, no, not really, but you need to keep going with the statement. (laughs) I shared it with my wife. The Lord said to me, when it comes to a natural company 
and you are the CEO, do you hire any old type of employee? So why do you think it's okay when it comes to my business with the church that any old type of person can serve? You're trying to let anybody serve to make them feel welcome that they are part of the family. But this is a business. Jesus said, I must be about my father's what? Business. And when it comes to God, I don't let anybody operate in my business, especially those living in sin. I don't need you. I want you, but don't get it twisted. I don't need you. He was talking to me. That's me. You think God needs me? No, he gave me a chance. That's all he did. It was a bunch of other people that wouldn't took the chance. He said, well, let's start with this one with the strange name. Let's see if he'll do it. Let me fail. Church might close, but the kingdom wouldn't. He'll raise up somebody else and they probably do a better job than I would. He gives people a chance. Now, I understand that other churches don't operate that way. But the ones that rock nations, they operate that way. They're like, this ain't Kmart. This ain't Walmart. This is the business and the company of God. And for you to think that we're supposed to just accept any old type of person to join any old type of thing simply so that you can feel comfortable. No, it's not going it's not going to happen. I mean, these are the things the Lord is just, you know, sharing with me. Because how many of you know it's his business, not mine? Why do you think that when it came to all of the high level stuff, Jesus only took the same three disciples with him and left the other ones? Go read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The Lord told him to pick all 12. But when it came to doing the power stuff, he only took three. Every time. He left the other ones behind. You know, one of them was Thomas, who wouldn't believe nothing. 500 people just told you they saw this man. I just refused to believe until I touched him myself. Remember what Jesus he said? And Jesus showed up. Thomas was like, oh, Lord. He said, no, blessed are those that believe when they don't see. See, so, so you got to study the scripture carefully to see who God accepted who God rejected. The people wanted a king. He said, okay, tell them the king is going to kill him. We still want a king. He said, okay, go ahead and pick Saul in. God anointed Saul. He became king. After two years of disobedience, God sent the prophet to the king. Tell him he is fired. Because I don't need him. David is his replacement. And like that prophet said that I heard, Prophet Brian Carnes brought that out. He said, God is the only supervisor that will fire you, but you still keep your job. Because he told the king, he said, you're fired. But the king stayed in the position for another 38 years. There's some people right now that have been fired from God. You are their replacement. You just don't know it yet. Some folk got a fire, but then let them die out. They stay in a position without power and grace and anointing. It's a lot of pastors that fit that description. I can always tell, too. You can always tell. There ain't nothing to play with, y'all. God does not need us for anything, but we need him for everything. Therefore, we should obey him in all things. I mean, you know, that's a word right there. All right. So just remember that the more you pray in tongues, the more the perfect will of God comes forth. I preached enough on this subject with the previous teachings to give you a great, huge, comprehensive head start. You got to practice it now.
Y'all all right? I wasn't too mean, was I? Okay, I just got to make sure. It doesn't matter, <laughs> you know. I mean, I'm just saying, y'all, look, I'm telling you something. Let me tell you something. That, that, that uh, you know, I, some of you have never heard this story. Others of you, you have. You have when, as more people start growing the church, you're going get, to get used to me telling some of the same stories. We'll always have new ones. My wife said, ain't nothing worse than a preacher that's telling the same stories after 30 years. You don't have nothing new. God ain't working in your life. It ain't nothing new, whatever. It means you stale. <laughs> the Lord woke Bishop Oyedipo up at 530 in the morning. Woke him up, said, as long as this, this is no trick. I'm not, okay. As long as this lady is a part of your ministry, you will not go to the next level. She must go. And you know, Bishop Oyedipo, he crazy like that. He said he picked up the phone five minutes later, woke the husband up. This is exactly what he said. Excuse me, sir. Sorry to wake you this morning. But the Holy Ghost just said that as long as your wife is a part of the ministry, it will not go to the next level. Both of you must leave. Have a good day. Click. And i never forget what Oyepo said. He said, you call that rude, but when God says they have to go, they got to go. When God wakes you up and say they got to go, you are rude by not telling them to go. He told them to go. They left. And then the Lord said, this is your spot to build a 50,000 seat sanctuary. And I didn't understand that at the time because I was having a problem myself. I didn't understand the concept of, well, Lord, people like Yudipur, myself and others, I'm coming up to his level. I said, we operate in such authority and power. How can one person stop that flow? He said, you understand it differently. He said, because the whole thing is a circuit board. And that person represents a bad spot and the power stops flowing because they break the circuit board. Hence why you don't let anybody serve in my business because they break the flow of the circuit board and it won't flow again until you get them out and replace them with a part that works properly. Oh, Jesus, here we go. See, so, you know, the church is not a social club. It's a war machine that God created. And like I said, we're the only army that when we kill you, you live instead of die. All of the principles are different. But, you know, they keep looking at the world trying to create God's business. And the, and the Bible says don't even conform yourself to the world as a person. He said as a person, don't conform yourself to the world. Be transformed by the renewing. So as a person, I'm not supposed to look like the world. So now the church is supposed to look like the world? I'm tired of preachers talking about, well, you know, the reason why we pay our secretaries this amount is because that's how they do it in the world. What? We're supposed to be doing stuff in such a way where we defy the world. Not trying to use them as a standard about what we do. Now you have determined the wealth of the girl that does the paperwork by how they have determined. Oh, come on, Jesus. It don't matter if you're the garbage man. Can't no, let me tell you something. If you're a Christian garbage man, there's nobody on the face of the planet that can pay you enough money to sweep trash based on what you're worth to the kingdom. Always remember that. Nobody, y'all, quit worrying about people not paying you the right amount. Nobody can ever pay you the amount that you're worth. And that's if you don't know how to have do it right. Mm. 
The worth that has been placed on every person that comes to the kingdom is the same value that's been placed on God. And you can't calculate that. And God doesn't pay you based on always what you do. He pays you based on who you are. You had to be careful with that, but he said, be holy. People that's not holy, they don't sometimes get paid because they're not holy. I mean, it's, never mind. Who has a question before we get about this piece? You're like, I don't know if I want to answer a question tonight. <laughs> that's my wife over giggling. Y'all, so we're going to take the whole planet someplace. But at this point, at this point, when I, trust me when I tell you, particularly at weekends, and let me say this, because the Lord made this super clear. He said, people will learn to press their way to the midweek, and if they can't be here, he said, they will press their way to the media page to listen. The others, they're not serious. That's exactly what he said. Yeah, trust me, the stuff that's going to come out of your mouth, some of y'all be like, Ooh, Jesus, this is some mess right here. Y'all, everything. Which I, and I have to start by, start by teaching on what faith is. Even what I taught on faith before was trash. And some of y'all remember when I taught some stuff on faith, he was just like, Got to create us some lion heart gifts when we do some stuff. Y'all, I'm telling you, this stuff, you know, let me say something. There, God puts you on a path. He puts you on a path. And, and that path does what the scripture says. It becomes brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter. Proverbs, is it Proverbs 418? Path of the just, Proverbs 418. The path of the just, the just, the path of the just is as the shining light that grows brighter and brighter, okay? One thing about that path is you go on one path, it gets brighter and brighter, 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 then it goes to the next dimension. Then that next dimension gets brighter and brighter and brighter, brighter, and goes to the next dimension. Every dimension that you go up, it makes the previous one pale. And But then there comes a time when the Lord says, I need you to pass. It really was difficult. The Lord had to literally rewire everything that I knew about Christianity and the church in order to answer the questions. It's going to blow your mind when you, under, when, you, when you start finding out the two basic reasons why the church is not prospering. Ain't even got to do with sin so much. Y'all sin is prospering all day long. I've heard preachers preach on how to become a God-made millionaire. This is going to sound strange, but well, maybe we don't need, maybe God don't make people millionaires because all of the rich folk, they millionaires, you know what I'm saying? That's a strange statement. God doesn't make you a millionaire. You make yourself a millionaire. You can make yourself a millionaire by following his principles. And he may assist you based on what you're doing. King Uzziah said as long as he sought the Lord, God prospered him. But he had to make the first move. God don't just really, really, bing, my sons and daughters, make him a gazillionaire. Go ahead and prosper in that. Lay down in that. Marinate in that. All that. I'm sorry. A couple of questions. Do you have... Wait a minute, I got to see the dates on these. Oh, that one was on my birthday. I just never erased it. Okay. Do you have to engage your mind while praying in tongues? And how to engage your mind and soul while praying in tongues? That's a very, very good question. That's a dangerous question because that's part of what I'm talking about when it comes to the prosperous thing is the imagination. 
Okay. I heard a statement. <laughs> Faith is the substance of things. Okay. So, so there are, there's substance in the spiritual realm and there's substance in the physical realm. Your imagination is what makes the spiritual substance becomes physical substance. So one of the things that you should do, and I always encourage people to do this, have a list of things that you're praying for. When you're praying tongues, use your imagination. See, let me tell you something. Okay, it's 8.32, we good. Okay, I said I was going to end at 8.30, but I'm going to answer this at a deeper level. How many of y'all heard about the law of attraction? Okay, if you haven't, look it up. All they did was steal all of the rules of manifestation in the Bible, use that 100% and take out Jesus. That's all they did. And it works for the sinner. They're using it to get a parking spot that they want at the grocery store. They're using it to make stuff appear out of nowhere. They're using it to become millionaires and, and get ideas. And, 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 and the church is like, oh, oh, this is so wonderful, this is wonderful. No, it's not. All they did was steal with the Bible that y'all don't read and that you didn't water down and made religious and say that God doesn't want you to prosper. He doesn't want you to have what you want, how you want it, when you want it. All of this stuff is in the Bible. You have watered that down, set it to the side, so the heathen took it, just like it did when they came out with the radio. Guess what the church says? Oh, that's the Antichrist, that's the devil. So the devil took it and used it. Then they came out with the internet. That's the devil. So they, the devil took it and they used it. Came out with television. Oh, this is definitely the devil, because now you can see and hear him. <laughs> just, I mean, they just kept it up. Everything was always the devil. Then the devil takes it. Then when the church comes to use it, they charge us ten times as much. Why do you think Joe Osteen got to have a $60 million, uh, $60 million a year television budget? Because they're charging us 10 times as much since y'all preaching this Jesus stuff. Okay, Creflo Dollars is somewhere around like $30, $40 million a year. And he said, I exercise faith for the amount every month. I mean, it's, it's insane. And people judge men like this not knowing, would you like to have to exercise faith for $30 million to get the word out? People have their different opinions about Joel. Y'all, just shut up and mind your own business. People talk about Joel Steve. All he do is preach them goody two messages. Why? Because you happen to turn on the television a few times and that's what he was talking about? Have you been to his church? I've talked to staff members at his church and they have deliverance down front sometimes. You weren't there. All Creflo Dollar talking about his money. I was at the barbershop. Really? I said, any of y'all been to his church? They're just looking around silent. Any of y'all I said, look. I said, my wife and I used to watch Creflo Dollar for two years every single Sunday on the way to our church. I said, it's interesting. For two years, I never heard him preach on money. He was always preaching on character. I said, I've been to his church. I've been to the bookstore. And as I perused through the bookstore, I noticed that 99% of the books were on character and not money. But because his last name is Dollar, and maybe you heard him preach on prosperity one time. You know, if you preach on it one time, they say you preach on it the entire year. I don't know why I'm on that. Back to the question. I'm sorry. I just, uh. <laughs> so, yes, when you pray in tongues, the Bible says that when you pray in tongues, your spirit prays, but your mind is unfruitful. You are praying a language you never learned and you do not understand. So when you're praying, it's concentration. Y'all, you know what? Oh, you know what I'm so tired of? Ooh, Jesus, you know what I'm so tired of? I am so tired of people taking selfies in church services. I'm so tired of a little bit of the Holy Ghost breaks out 
And, and, and instead of the person on their knees like everybody else, they, they taking a picture of themselves. Y'all, it's a time to take a picture. And it's the, did any of y'all notice that for seven days y'all didn't see one picture of us on Facebook? Not one vacation picture. I'm, now, you can do whatever you want. We made a decision. Not, we're not doing that. We're not going to sit up on our vacation doing selfies all day long and then posting them on Facebook and responding to everybody, wasting our vacation responding to people. I'm tired of seeing church services, every little move of God, the worship service and people up there taking pictures of everything and taking pictures of this and doing selfies and recording. That ain't the time to do that. It's deep. Ladies don't want a man to do that with them on a date. You want to go on a date with somebody and they just constantly texting and, 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 and no. Okay, would you do that in a business interview? No, it's a time. Look, we live in a social media society, but you got to learn how to turn that off. I'm waiting for, I'm, I'm see if I can buy a device where when people come to the sanctuary, their phones just cut off. Now, I don't have that problem here. You know what I'm saying? I don't have that problem. I understand sometimes you got to send a text, y'all, but, but there are moves of God that God wants us to have. You got to set your phone down. But right now, we're in a society where when, the more the move of God comes in, the more they want to take pictures of it. So you're praying a language you don't know and you don't understand and you never learned it. So it has, it bypasses your mind. So you pray in tongues and you use your mind to see yourself walking in the things that you desire. When you're praying for relatives and their salvation, see the relatives. And this is how you engage God with your full emotions, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength, like the scripture says. Versus praying in tongues, and I'm going to check Facebook. And, 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 you know, it was a witch that got saved. Uh, a male witch. I don't know why they always think witch is a female. But, but it was a male witch. And he said, let me explain to you, because he met with a group of preachers. He said, let me explain to you what we see when you engage versus when you don't. They said, when you all begin to engage in prayer, engage in prayer, he said, the reason why you sense that barrier, he said, your prayers actually start getting more and more hot, more and more hot. He said, what you can't see is, is that it begins to turn into fire and burn through this rock in the spiritual realm. And they said, the more y'all engage, the more it increases, and eventually it burns a hole in that rock. And now the prayer movement or the prayer session is under an open heaven. We've always, we can feel that. He said, but what we do is we come in to distract you. He said, so in your personal time, he said, you're praying, you're praying, you're praying. He said, and you get a phone call and you take the phone call. And he said, and you actually believe that when you're off the phone call, you picked back up where, no, doesn't happen. They said, as soon as you take the phone call, the whole thing closes. You got to start over. So they said, we are masters at distraction. Masters. You know, you start praying, man, your aunt Bessie, you ain't talked to in 30 years, call from jail. I need you to get me out. What? I don't answer the phone when I pray now. I just see him, you know, I, and um, uh, Bishop Oudipo's wife, she said, look, sometimes the best thing for you to do is, she says, how many know when you pray, all of a sudden now, your list of things that you got to accomplish in life start popping up. Right, right. She says, you know what you do? She said, take a moment in order to get it off your mind. She said, have a little piece of paper next to you. When it hits, she said, keep engaging in prayer. Just write down a reminder and then go back to praying. Don't let stuff break your concentration. So you learn, but see, but see, see, when we start talking about concentrating with the mind, guess what you think of? You think of the Buddhists over there in, in Tibet with the orange robe on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, imitating us. That's why they use incense. 
All false religions use all incense because worship at that level of concentration is full incense. And the more you concentrate, the quicker you get into that realm. Kenneth Hagin got to a point, he said most people, it takes him 45 minutes. He said, I can get in in 20 seconds because of concentration. You train yourself. You train yourself. So that's the answer to that question. And it will something turn. You can force yourself to concentrate, but after praying for about 45 minutes, and you're, you just stay in it, it'll force your mind to shut off and you'll be clear. And then the second question, and then let y'all go. At what point do you know that you are 100% clean enough to serve? If you do sin, should you stop serving? That's a good question. How many think that's a good question? That's why you should always ask questions so people leave afraid. Oh, okay. There is a difference between a person who falls into sin versus a person that's living in sin. Vast difference. How many of you, raise your hand if you're sure, like the deodorant commercial, you sin? We do it every day. So, y'all, if God told you to give, you remember when the Lord told me to give in the bucket? If I didn't did that, that would be a gross sin. Sin is just simply missing the mark. So we all make mistakes, but there's a difference between things that you're working on and, and, and you used to cuss like a sailor. Now you only do it when somebody cuts you off in traffic. That's stuff that you're working on. You ain't got to come to the church. Hey, man, I cussed somebody out on the way to church. I just can't serve today. I'm so unholy. No, just stop. Just stop. This is the deep part. This is the deep part. I don't know who sent the question. I don't. But because um, it's just a number. Um, but y'all, do you realize in most cases, you know. In most cases, you really do know. Okay. I mean, this, uh, uh, what is his name? Um, Pastor Tony down, uh, down, down the street, down the hallway, the one we share the building with. If a couple tries to join the church and they living together and not married, he won't even let you join the church. I'm like, I don't know if you want to go that far. But his like, his thing is, no, this ain't this. There's nothing normal or natural or mundane or simple. This is not some glee club that you can just join any old type of way. This is the kingdom of God where you got to have a special body just to go into heaven. Otherwise, you get vaporized. Just going to let you join any old type of way. Okay, so, you know. Okay, and because and it depends on what you're what you're involved in, because you can involve you can be involved with things and you can be involved with people. Let me give you an example. I'm giving you an example. Well, you can be involved with people, and now when you're living, I don't know why I'm saying this, when you're living in a situation where you're living in sin, and it's usually the biggest ones have to do with relationships. You know if you're doing it right or you're doing it wrong. Simple. When you're doing it wrong, you are now bringing things into your household and things are attached. There have been people that they were, I didn't say anything to them when they were living in sin. They walk in and I can see it on them. I can see it on them. You can see it. You can see the darkness, you can see the creature, you can see the filth. Whenever you are in sin, it is spiritual filth. And for those that live really, really clean, it's, you can just, I mean, you almost pick it up before the person comes in. I'm saying you got to come in with some sunglasses on, that type of stuff. Everybody got different things they're supposed to be going through. You know, Bible says, you know, people say, whosoever will, let them come. Yes. It didn't say, whosoever will, let them stay. You come in however you want to. But the purpose for coming in is to get clean. Not to hang around clean people and then stay dirty. And you want to serve a clean kingdom while you're living dirty. It doesn't work that way. It just doesn't. It was so crazy to me. I don't understand. You can't do that anywhere at a company. 
Do they let you join the company any old type of way you want to join? No. They got a list of prerequisites on the application before you even try to attempt to get a job. Do you even meet the qualifications before you ask? And if you meet the qualifications before you ask, then we will bring you in for an interview to determine you met the qualifications, but are you even worthy to be a part of what we're trying to do? That's a raggedy natural business. But people want to join a church and be a part of the kingdom of God and be raggedy like God is some low-level Walmart. Don't hop in that way because God don't need your behind. He wants your behind, but he don't need your behind for nothing. What was the question? Oh, it was about living in sin or something like that. So, you know, I know when I've made a mistake. Husband and wives, there are times you get into it with your spouse. And you know when you got into it, but you can just let it go. You don't have to say anything. But how many know, you know when you need to go back and apologize. And we got the Holy Ghost ain't got to tell you nothing. You didn't know counseling service. I got to sit up here and twirl a pole and talk about marriage and, and you need a marriage tune up and you have no shut da, da, da. No. And that's when you were a sinner. You know. So we sometimes ask questions when the truth is we know. You know the difference between you really living in sin and doing something the wrong way versus, you know, you did something stupid. You know what I'm saying? And watch this. Stupid could be I made the mistake, slipped up, and had sex with somebody. That's not living in sin. That's a person who got over into sin, and then they stopped. I met a lady recently, and she said, she, I'm not going to share this, but she told me. She said, look, she said, I started dating this guy. She said, and right before I had sex with the guy, the Holy Ghost told me, I told you to leave this guy alone. And if you have sex with this guy, you are going to get pregnant. She says, I heard the Holy Ghost tell me that. And she said, and guess what I did? I got pregnant. And, and she was, was a new person that had joined the church. And you know what? She said, I got to own up to that. I'm not making no excuses. I messed up. She says, I sinned, and I messed up, and it's over with. I'll let that woman serve quicker than anybody else. You know what? She messed up. How many of y'all messed up? See, some mess-ups, we can see the manifestation of it. Other mess-ups, we can't see it. But the kingdom of God sees everything. See what I'm saying? That's why I had, a, I had a conversation with a pastor friend of mine when I first started the church. This is where I close. This is good. <laughs> and he said, well, when somebody messes up, um, we're talking about whether or not if somebody messes up. Like, say, for a second, so let's say, for example, a woman, she ends up getting pregnant. So we sit her down and put her on the front row. I said, no, I think that's a big mistake, even though we were trained to do that. I said, here's the reason why. I said, everybody else is not sitting on the front row. They also sinned in a different area. We just couldn't see theirs. Second of all, there's a difference between a person who sinned versus someone who is continually living in sin on purpose. So if a girl ends up sleeping around, and this is the deep part, is that the girl gets sat down, but the man usually don't. We'll go there later. That's, you know, that's what's in scripture with Jesus, same thing. It never changes. I said, here's the biggest issue. Take a woman. She ends up sleeping with a guy, and she gets pregnant. And then she breaks the relationship off. So I should have never went into that. Now she has a baby she has to deal with. Like, this is the deep part. The baby is not a mistake, but her mistake produced a baby. Y'all see the difference? 
and it can be a fine line depending on where your mindset is at. Okay? So the baby is not a mistake, but the mistake produced a baby. God will bless the baby regardless. Y'all got me. So it happened. So if I did something no different than if I had a never if I had a never put that money in that bucket, you would have never known that I disobeyed God. Yet God would have been just as mad as me at that situation or y'all got me. So watch this. The girl is, feels very, very sorrowful. She already feels bad. She now has to deal with the baby, all of those different types of things. Many times the man will leave. The one person that should be embracing her is the church because it was a mistake in a different area than the mistakes that we made. So watch this. The girl repents. God forgives her, cleanses her from all unrighteousness. Now she just simply has to deal with a new life. Okay. so guess what, though, is that God forgives her if she truly repents. He forgives her, cleanses her from all unrighteousness. So if you're cleansed from all unrighteousness, then that, that means you're what? Clean. So if you're clean, why should you be sat down? See? So now what happens is, is that, is that the girl gets pregnant. Okay? God forgives her. She repents and said, I just messed up. Just like this young lady shared with me. She said, I messed up. Because I, I didn't understand the situation. You know, and she was like, oh, I just messed up. I mean, I, I have the baby. And, 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 and I'm moving forward. I'm with God. I mean, on fire. But then the preacher, in his lack of understanding, he makes the woman sit down as punishment. Guess what this does? Number one, it brings major embarrassment. Biggest thing it does is, is that it convinces the woman sitting down as punishment that the word of God is not true, that God is holding something against her. Because after all, look at how the people treat me. Because you're supposed to understand God based on how people treat you. That's why the Bible says if you can't love your brother whom you can see, how can you love the one who you cannot? Natural fathers are supposed to be nothing but a full interpretation of the heavenly father. That's what is so damaging about the father not being there. It won't produce the same effect if the mother is not there. It's the father. If the father is not there, you should see what the scripture says about fatherless sons, fatherless children, what it, what it can produce, okay? So, so naturally, a, many, a, a single woman in that situation will see her pastor as her father. So now the heavenly father forgave you, said, move on, I still got blessings for you. But the natural father, which is an interpretation of the spiritual father, said, no, God is wrong, I'm right, sit down. <laughs> While he's sinning. When Jibber Smack was sweeping with that prostitute, there was another major pastor that got on TV and was rebuking Pastor, uh, uh, pastor Swagger while he himself was sleeping with a prostitute at the same time. Wow. I told my wife yesterday, some, came, uh, some revelation came to me yesterday that I'm about to preach very, very soon. The greatest sin that is committed by us all, and we still, most of us, if not all of us, do it on a regular basis, we all commit this sin more than any other sin that is ever committed is the sin of the hypocrite. I talk about you being overweight while I'm broke. Y'all get where I'm going? Talk about your marriage, but I'm single. And ain't never been in a relationship. Y'all see where I'm going? 
Okay? I talk about how raggedy your business is while I'm making $5 an hour. I judge the preacher on how he runs his church, but I can't even make my wife smile. We are always judging people, okay? Come to children's church and this child over here is misbehaving, so I talk about the parents and their child misbehaving, but when I look at my own life, people ain't even got to come to my personal household to see how raggedy I am. Y'all see what I'm saying? That's something I don't have to preach on. It's called the sin of the hypocrite. It's the greatest sin that is created by Christians. And the sad part is, the Bible says, with what judgment you judge, that's how you're going to be judged. So my mom said, now me and my wife don't even hardly do that anyway, but I got pulled into a situation where somebody was doing that. Next thing you know, they got me caught up in the mix talking about it. And when I was done with the conversation, I felt that on the inside. That's called, you know. And the Holy Spirit was like, you can't afford yourself to be. See, let me tell you something. That's why in order for you to get high in God, you got to divorce people. You just do. Ain't no such thing as you being great in the kingdom and you got a whole bunch of friends. Because <laughs> right now in the world, all the people in Hollywood, they all want, they want a bunch of friends. And they get a bunch of friends by showing their naked behinds and all of their big muscles and being ballers and all that type of stuff and just really feeding people into the gossip that they want. The quickest way to lose your position as Hollywood is to be private. Quickest way. No matter how great of an actor you are, the quickest way to lose your position is start being private. Stop letting people in knowing about your personal business. Hollywood shut you down because they want to use you as a pawn of gossip. It's called the sin of the hypocrite. We talk about somebody and their situation, and yet we're not looking at our situation. And by a raise of hands, how many of you got your own situation? Hmm? You're talking about somebody else that they talk too loud, but you interrupt your husband too much. How many know I can do this all day? If I do it too long, we might start a whole fight up and they'd be right. Police officers, man, we just rolled them to church and everybody was just swinging on each other like crazy. Just, see what I'm saying? See? And you're being judged this way, Okay. Now, some people like to use this as, well, that gives me a license to live in sin and do what I want to do. No, it doesn't. Okay, so just because I don't say anything, watch this. Just because I don't say it don't mean I didn't see it. See, sometimes you operate in the principle of what your grandmama told you. Child, if you ain't got nothing good to say, don't say anything. We can always judge something. Let me tell y'all something. I know some y'all. And watch this, the whole church service system, that ain't always supposed to be exciting. It's supposed to be dry for you sometimes. It's called commitment. <laughs> Ask my wife how many times I tell her, Lorana, my own voice didn't got on my nerves. You ever heard that ever happened to you? You just, you, oh, you just, would you please stop talking? Your own voice is getting on your own nerves. I mean, it's just like that. But we have, in order to operate, I'm done, I'm done. In order to operate in what God wants us to operate in, you have to become like Jesus. Jesus wasn't a gossiper. Now, what he did was he just blasted you out in front of everybody. That's what he did. All right. Last one. This will only take 10 seconds. How do I reply to people that believe that God allows all the evil in the world to prosper? Because he wants it. That? That's another discussion for another day. We're not even going there. But I will answer that question. It's not God allowing anything. He gave men authority over the planet. 
that's the whole purpose behind praying in tongues. But yeah, people had that question, but that's a different answer that would take a little bit longer. So that's enough for today. I done went way over to 856, but that's all right. It's a classroom. And this classroom is meant to make y'all. I want to leave you with this. You have to go to school for 12 to 16 years just to be considered uh, seriously in a society where you're going to live in for maybe another 50 to 60. I want you to think about that. And during that classroom time, you got to be there. You got to be there on time. Okay, you might maybe you can call in the sick, family vacation, whatever else. They give you a little school break. You got to be in school for a minimum of 12 years just to be considered at the first level of serious. And if you don't, you got to get a GED. Otherwise, nobody takes you serious. And how to take you serious with a GED, you know what I'm saying, in this society. But yet, when it comes to eternity, people think they can just kind of come to the church nilly-willy. They don't need to study. They don't do, and this is the sad part, y'all. The same way that if you don't do what you're supposed to do in those classes, when you graduate from high school, it will determine how you live. It will determine who gives you the time of day. It will determine what status you operate at. It will determine if somebody even, even gives you a yes or no. Okay? Yet there are some levels of education as a PhD, you write your own money. You walk in the door demanding a certain amount of money. Why? Because of how you carried yourself with the classroom. Kingdom of God and the church is the greatest classroom because it's for eternity. And depending on how you carry yourself in the classroom, when you step over to eternity, some people won't even graduate. They're going to think they're going to get the same thing as the PhD. doesn't work that way. So go ahead and stand. Y'all pulled a whole lot out of me than I was intending to share. Got to break this stuff up. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, as Bishop Oyedipo says, it's never too late to be right. You know, you got to. And, and you know what? There are some people. The hardest situations are the ones of people who don't listen. I got a, I got a few situations right now of people who didn't listen and they have dug themselves into a hole, I had to tell them, us and this church can't do nothing for you except pray. I don't know how to get you out of this hole. You didn't wrap yourself in a, in, a, in a noose that I don't know how to get you out of this. And if it wasn't for the grace of God, you'd already be dead. I had to tell a person that. I said, it's the grace of God that's holding you in your sanity because you dug yourself into a hole by not listening. I can't get you out of this one. Because people get in trouble and then they want the church to bail them out of everything. And it's, that's not the case. I'm not, the, I'm not a bells bomber. Y'all know what I'm saying? Might have said that wrong. But all right, lift your hands so we can get up out of here. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you and we praise you. We bless you. We honor you. Thank you, O Lord God, for this time. Thank you, Lord God, for this teaching. Thank you, Lord God, that this will be the greatest classroom. On the face of this planet, we thank you, Lord God, that the millionaires that will spring out of this place will be untold in number. Thank you that the warriors that will be displayed out of this place, O oh Lord God, will operate in great realms of power. Thank you, O oh Lord God, that the children that will spring out of this place, O oh Lord God, will be ten times wiser than the other children. Thank you, O oh Lord God, for the things that will be displayed, the things that will be demonstrated and learned, and the manifestation that will come forth, O oh Lord God, will be like the scripture says, the former and the latter reign together, manifestation that has never been seen. So we thank you, O Lord God, for this grace working on the inside of us, that we are getting brighter and brighter. But now, O Father God, we are at the point where time is up. 
we thank you that our manifestation will be instantaneous. Thank you, Lord God, for doing these things. Those who, know, who need your grace for forgiveness, thank you, Lord God, that as they repent and as they ask for forgiveness, not only will you forgive them, but you will give them a way out, a door of escape out of the hole that they have got themselves in. Thank you, Lord God, for allowing us to be a church that teaches the truth, but also embraces those who have gotten in trouble. But we have all, Father God, missed it on a regular basis. We have all gotten in trouble, and you have always brought us out. So we thank you for that. Thank you, Lord God, for keeping us in perfect peace as we get ready to leave this place. Thank you, Lord God, for all that you are doing in our lives. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' mighty name we pray.